praise him. So good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, there's times that we we stand up here and as preachers and you may think we're just filling time or something to say whenever we voice our opinion that it is so good to be here. But when I come up here, I'm looking from a way back yonder days. It's so glad to be here. Rather than where God brought me from, I'm so glad to be here. Every opportunity that I have to lift my hands in freedom in the house of the Lord, every victorious moment that I have, it is so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I love him tonight. I love him with every fiber of my being. God is great, and he is so great to be praised. We cannot praise him enough for what he's done for each and every one of us. I challenge you to try to praise him enough. I challenge you to try and give everything you have to give back just a smidgen of what he's done for you. You see, he died for you when you were unlovable. Come on now. He picked you up whenever everybody had rejected you. When people had given up on you, God said, hey, on that auction block right there, I want to bid on that. I, I, I see some potential in that. I want to speak to that. I want to give that another chance. I'm so glad that God gave me another chance. to be here. Thank you, Brother Bradford, for this opportunity. I don't say that lightly. It is an honor to stand before this church. And I stand before you. I was thinking about it today, and I have the distinction of probably the only one in this room. My wife has not even doesn't even carry this distinction, but I was thinking about it today that ministry, I have heard every message that I've preached. Some of them were good. Thank the Lord that most of them that bombed were in the truck on the way, on the way down the road. But I'm glad to deliver the word of God, and I don't do it Lightly, I come to you tonight with a burden. I want to deliver my heart. I want to deliver everything I have. I want to give it to you the way that God gave it to me. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Hebrews. The 11th chapter, we know this as the faith chapter. I want to speak faith into someone's soul. Speak faith into someone's being. I want to speak faith into someone's carnality. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse number 6. 
Again, I'm honored to stand, not worthy to stand here when there's such a great group of ministry to my right that could so deliver the word of God better than I. But I, tonight, stand before you humbly. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Put your Bibles down, lift your hands in the air. And I want you to ask the Lord to open your mind to open your heart, to anoint the preacher tonight. God, we love you and we thank you. I humbly come before you, God, delivering your word, asking you, Lord, to move upon me, asking you, Savior, that you would strengthen the minds and the hearts of this people. God, allow us to hear what thus saith the Lord. Allow us, Lord, to receive your word tonight. And I praise you and I give you honor and I glorify your name above all names. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Before I move ahead with my remarks, I must tell you that neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying unless you've been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, there is no remission for your sins. Unless you've gone down in a, in a grave with him and came up in a newness of life with him in his name, all you did was get wet. So tonight I have to tell you that if you would want to be saved tonight, you must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the plan of salvation. But as we move ahead, it is impossible to please God without faith. For you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Belief as a verb is to accept something as true. Feel sure of the truth. To accept the statement of someone as true. To believe something or someone. To feel sure that someone is capable of a particular action. I tell you, I have faith in the name of Jesus. I have faith in the name of Jesus to salvation. I have faith in the name of Jesus that when we go down in his name, he, is re he has remitted all of my sins. I have faith. I believe it to be true. Phrases like believe it or not or believe me. Or, be able to believe someone's eyes or ears. I cannot believe what I'm hearing. You are sure of what you've done. That is belief that I'm talking about. You must be sure in your belief in him. In the book of John, we find that there was a woman of Samaria that she came to draw water. 
Jesus met her there and she was there by herself at a certain time of the day whenever she would be by herself. The other folks and the other people that have gone to draw water were already gone back home. So it was, she was there by herself. Jesus asked of her, he said, give me to drink. And she went on a conversation with Jesus about her background and his background and where he was from and where she was from and how that it was probably not a good idea that they even talked. And, and Jesus answered her and said, you know what, if you really knew who I was and where I am from, then you would ask of me that I give you to drink. And he said, he went on to say, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you rivers. I'm going to give you a well that you'll draw from that you'll not thirst again. You see this woman at the well, Jesus called her out for the situations that she was involved in. Jesus called her out for the problems that she had been carrying every day, that she had been carrying alone. You see, she walked every day to the well carrying her water pot. She walked every day carrying the very thing that she thought that she needed to carry her through the day. It was that water pot that she carried upon her shoulder that she carried to a physical need. And Jesus turned this into a spiritual dimension. Whenever he said, I'm going to give to you rivers or give to you a well that will spring up within you that you will draw from and you'll not thirst again. She said, give me of that to drink. You see, she had been coming to this well day after day in need of something, in need of what she thought would carry her through it. She was in need of someone to talk to. As she walked to that well carrying the burdens upon her back, not only the water pot, but in her mind as she walked down that dusty trail some days with the dust coming up before her as she walked there, she thought of the situation that she was involved in. She thought, I'm no doubt as she walked along, how in the world did I get here? How is it that I find myself coming by myself to this well? How is it that I find myself here in this place whenever the rain was coming down and the, and the roads were muddy? She still trotted her way to the well to, facil, to fulfill a physical need by herself with her thoughts and her mind thinking of what she was caught up in and not knowing how to get out of it and not knowing where to turn. But oh, one day, as she walked to that well, I'm sure she looked ahead and seen someone sitting on the edge of the well, and she began to wonder as she came closer to the well, who could this be? I'm supposed to be here by myself. I'm supposed to be here with my thoughts on my own. I'm supposed to be here and nobody knows what's going on inside my soul. Nobody knows what's really happening with me. I'm supposed to be here on my own burdens, under my own load. I'm supposed to carry my water pot and carry my need every day to a well to where I can find something to get me through that day, to get me through that night, to where I can come back the next day and find it in the same place every day it's the crutch that I have to live with
and she sees in the distance someone's at the well. Who is at the well? As she walks, then this man, this probably, I don't know the full customs of the day, but as he's seen her being by herself, I'm sure that there was something that clicked in Jesus as being a man that he probably was not even supposed to be communicating with this lady that was coming by herself to the well. But as she came closer, he said, he asked of her of something. Very, very interesting what transpires now is there is an argument between Jesus and this woman of Samaria. She's trying to set him straight. She's trying to tell him, I'm comfortable with where I am. I'm comfortable coming here with my problem. I'm comfortable coming here with my water pot. You didn't even bring a water pot. You didn't even bring anything to draw with. But I have come knowing what my needs are, knowing how to get what I need. I know what I need to do, and that's why I come here every day. But when Jesus met her there in her trial and her daily grind, he began to speak with her and tell her, hey, I want to give you something that nobody else can give you. Your pastor can't give it to you. Your parents can't give it to you. Your friends can't give it to you. You can go to the psychologists and the psychiatrists of this world, and they can't give it to you. They can't solve your problem, because if you're going to go to them, all you're going to do is carry that same old water pot right back to the same old place and getting nothing and getting what you need for that moment, for that time. You're still carrying your water pot he said I'm going to give you something that's going to suffice you and it was that faith that, that she carried that water pot every day that she lived every day out to that well to get what she needed that day, to get what she needed that time. She had so much faith that when Jesus said, I'm going to give to you a well that's going to spring up within you in everlasting life and you won't thirst again, what does she do? The Bible tells me that she set that water pot down and she walked the other way. She had faith enough to believe that I just had a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I just had a conversation with the lover of my soul. I just had a conversation with the peace giver. I just had a conversation with the healer. I just had a conversation with the man, with the very God that knows everything I'm involved in, and he can change my life. I'm here to tell someone that it's time you've carried that water pot long enough with the same results You've carried that water pot back to that place and tried to get what you need. Very interesting. I heard an interview, getting a little sidetracked, but I heard an interview one time with a man that went to a psychiatrist every day of his life for many years. He said that it was every day that I would go and I would feel a release 
at this doctor's office and I would feel a release there, but then I wouldn't get enough, so then I had to go to another psychiatrist that would talk me down out of what the other psychiatrist told me. He was going to a psychiatrist five times a week to one and three times a week to another one. Spending all kinds of money, never being changed, only recognizing it within himself what his problem was and never doing anything about it. Jesus is saying, hey, cast your cares upon me for I care for your soul. You want to talk to somebody? Talk to me. How about opening up a communication with the Almighty? How about opening up a communication, a line of communication with a God that cares for your soul? For my Bible tells me, that casting your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Can I tell you that whenever you go to the doctors of this world, all they care about is your money. They don't want you changed. They want to see return business. That's how they make their money. But God says, I care enough for you that I died for you. I care enough for you that you can carry your problems and your situations to me and let me redeem you. I had precious lady come to me she said brother Kaufman I'm having anxiety attacks and I don't know what to do she said they're coming on me and I I just I don't want to go back to to the drugs that they had me on because after I got the Holy Ghost I felt so much better and I told her I said you know there's times that whenever I have things that pop up in my life that I don't know how to deal with them. I don't know what to do with them. And, and I, I, don't really, I don't really understand. I, I said, I'm, I'm not really sure what to tell you, but, but I can tell you this, that if you'll take your cares to him, he will care for you. I said, do something for me. I said, whenever you feel an anxiety attack coming on, I want you to just begin to call on the name of Jesus. And then whenever you feel it, when you feel you're getting into the spirit just a little bit, I want you to begin to talk to him. I want you to sit down wherever you're at. If it's a park bench, I don't care where it's at. I want you to sit down and I want you to begin to have an audible conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want you to have an audible conversation telling him, God, I'm here to tell you that I'm having a little trouble today. You say, well, well, Brother Kaufman, God knows everything. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart, but he wants to hear you say it. He wants to hear you with your voice, recognizing I have a problem and you have an answer. Come on, somebody. I'm speaking faith into your soul right now. We're speaking faith into your heart. God, all he wants is a conversation with us. If we'll open up a dialogue with him, we don't need that other tripe. All we need is God and God alone and him to say, hey, I want a conversation with you. Casting your cares upon him. the remainder of this message I'm going to talk to you about walking away from your water pot your coat and the sycamore tree Bible tells us in Mark chapter 10 that Jesus was on his way to Jericho and there was a beggar, a blind man, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. 
sat by the highway side begging. Jesus came by. He called out and said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stops. They're telling him to be quiet. But he's saying, all the more, he cried out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said, what, that, what is it that you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus told him that I might receive my sight. But there's something that happened whenever Jesus called Bartimaeus. There's something that happened because the Bible tells me that the coat that Bartimaeus had on, he said he took it off. In other words, he didn't want to be identified with that anymore. He said, I'm taking off my coat, and I'm just going to leave it here. I'm not going back to what I was. I've got enough faith. I'm making a statement right now. I'm standing flat-footed in front of everybody that's telling me to be quiet. I'm saying, hey, what you did know, you won't know anymore because I'm taking off what identifies me, and I'm walking to Jesus. can imagine blind Bartimaeus being led every day out to the same spot because he was by the highway side begging sometimes we come to church we find ourselves oppressed depressed we're led into the service oh and it's like we lean over to the handler that's leading us out do you feel that i think i felt the holy ghost as we're led and he's leading us you see blind bartimaeus being led he was comfortable because Everything that he needed was given to him by the highway side. As blind Bartimaeus was led there, he had someone leading him so he didn't stumble. He had someone leading him so he didn't fall and run into other people. He had someone guiding him out to where he needed to go. And that way he wouldn't get off the track, but no, it pulled him back over. So blind Bartimaeus, he didn't have to call out on Jesus because everything he needed was right there. And as he was led, and as he was parked in the place to where by the highway side, and they found him there, just like sometimes we're led into church. We're, we're driven into church. We come in with our head down, depressed. We come in with our head down, oppressed. We come down, we don't even realize it. We got a sign on us because our praise is stifled, because our worship is stifled, and we're blind to it. We can't see what's going on. We've been blinded by what's happening in our lives, and we don't even know what's really, really going on. But it's Jesus is stopping by and saying, hey, I, 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 I want to have a conversation with you. Come here. What is it that you want me to do to you? What is it that you want me to do? What can I do for you? But it's faith that's saying, hey, I'm not going back. I'm leaving 
Whatever it is, before I even approach you, Jesus, I'm leaving that crutch behind me. I'm leaving that that identifies me at the altar. I'm leaving that that identifies me right where it lays. I don't want to go back to it. I don't want anybody to know. I don't want them to know that I'm blind Bartimaeus. I want them to know now that I am Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. I once was blind, but now I see. Can I point you to a redeemer? Can I point you to a healer? Can I point you to a soul-saving station. Talking about walking away from the coat. Because my Bible tells me that whenever you come in contact with Jesus that old things <laughs> Come on now. Old things are passed away. I don't have to live in that anymore. I don't have to go back there anymore. I don't need what I used to need. I don't desire what I used to desire. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Did you hear that? Become new. That doesn't mean that he's going to snap his finger and everything's just new. It's become new. What's that mean? That's a process. I've got to, by faith, keep on walking. I've got to, by faith, keep on going. It's becoming new. Oh, what I used to be, I'm not anymore. Somebody may not realize it right now, but just give me a few more days. Just give me a little while. Just let me hear me out when I point you to a redeemer. Just hear me out when I tell you what I used to be, I'm not anymore. What is it? I'm becoming new what happens when you walk away from the coat Luke chapter number 19 Jesus went to Jericho there was a man there by the name of Zacchaeus my Bible tells me that he was short of stature but he was big on pride for you see, he was a politician. Everybody or most people knew who he was. To his face, they would call him friend. But to his back, I'm sure they were calling him an enemy. Because he didn't do everybody right. But Zacchaeus, he had heard of Jesus. Heard about his doings and he was interested in what was going on. Interested in what was happening. So the Bible tells me that he climbed up in a sycamore tree. Very interesting that this short man picked a sycamore tree. I was just over at the, at the coast and the coast is full of sycamore trees. And I was on a walk in the morning and I was looking at these sycamore trees as I come through a grove. And I thought how in the world did a short Zacchaeus climb a sycamore tree. Sycamore trees are big, their trunks are big, and they don't branch out till eight, ten feet in the air before they start to branch out. And I'm thinking, he had to really, 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 really want to get up in that sycamore tree. He had to dig his fingernails and his toenails and everything to get up in that. He had to work to get into that sycamore tree. And I thought, hmm. How many times have I seen it 
But you go back, someone that's interested, they've come to church and they've shown an interest in what we're doing here and what's going on and interest in God. And, and you'll sit there and you'll start to pray for them. And they'll begin to white knuckle the back of that pew as they begin to ponder what to do. As they begin to think about what am I have to give, what do I have to give up? What is it that this Jesus really is about? What is it that he's doing? And they're struggling so hard to hold on to what they have, to hold on. They're struggling so hard. They're fighting to resist the power of the Holy Ghost. They're doing everything they can when Jesus is just saying, won't you come down out of that tree? Won't you come down? I want to I talk to you. You see, everything's... Everything that I've talked about here tonight has been a relationship. It's not just Jesus snapping his fingers and changing people's lives. It's whenever they move, whenever they do, whenever there's an action that is taken. I'm getting away from that that I was. I don't want anything to do with that identity anymore. Zacchaeus up in the tree, when Jesus said, hey, come down, he could have stayed in the tree. He had enough power, political power to say, you know what, just move on. Furthermore, he had enough political power to walk in the crowd, and the crowd, as I understand it, the crowd would have parted and allowed him right up to Jesus, and he went up and shook his hand and said, hey, I'm Zacchaeus, who are you? But instead, he wanted to stay on the fringes. He wanted, I just want to stay just close enough where I can hear what's going on and I can feel what's going on, but I'm not sure I want to be involved. But when Jesus calls and says, hey, come here, it's that point and it's that decision when Zacchaeus says, okay, I think I'm going to have a conversation with this man. And whenever he conversed with Jesus, Jesus convicted his heart. And he went and he repaid all that he had owed. And everybody that he had done wrong to, he said, hey, I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I'm stepping out on faith. I'm climbing out of my protective tree. I'm climbing out of my where I feel comfortable. And I'm going down to where Jesus is. I'm stepping out on faith, allowing him to change my life. As we stand in this house tonight, I open these altars and I invite every one of us to come into these altars because no matter where you are in life, saint, sinner alike, Jesus wants a conversation with you. Jesus is saying, hey, you've tried everything else. When are you going to come and try me? When are you going to come and converse with me? When are you going to come down and just have a conversation with me? If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I tell you, you need to come down and have a conversation. Don't just come down if you're seeking the Holy Ghost. Don't just come down and stand there with your hands raised or your head bowed. But God wants to audibly hear you. God wants to hear you speak with your mouth. Why? Because he wants to converse with you. David was the, was the man after God's own heart. Why? Because David conversed with God. I can, tell, I can point to you scriptures in Psalms 
Psalms where the psalmist David writes about, God know my heart. God already knew your heart, David. What are you doing? I'm conversing with God saying, God, I'm an open book to you. God, I want you to know I'm sitting out on the backside of nowhere, but I want you to know me, who I am and what I am and what I stand for. Don't let depression blind you from the blessings of God. Don't let oppression hold you down. Make your head be bowed in shame. Come down out of the tree. What are you going to do with the water pot? I'm asking you. As they begin to sing, invite everybody down to make the decision. Are you going to continue to carry the water pot day after day after day? I've been changed.